1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 to 31, and I'll read that first. And this is so fitting uh, with what we just heard. We know this text as a text about unity. Every youth group retreat conference I've been to, we hear this text used as unity, but I like to look at it in a slightly different angle. Um, would you read with me alternate verses? I'll read the first verse, and then we'll go back and forth. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. As it is, there are many parts, but one body. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second, prophets, third, teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret altogether? Now eagerly desire the greater gifts, and yet I will show you the most excellent way. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would make your message clear at this moment. May your word be alive, may it be clear. May you give me your words that these are your truths and not mine. And may you allow us to recognize who we are, what we've been brought together for, and how we may go forth into this city, into the world, to make an impact for your name's sake. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, uh, I've been sick for like the past seven days. And you know when you're sick, really sick with their nausea or major canker sores or back pain, which I had like four years, three, four years ago, I noticed something. You don't sit in bed and go, I can't wait to get better so that 
I could sit on the couch and watch 10 hours of TV. Notice, notice when you're sick, you can't move, you, no one goes, I can't wait to get better so I could, I could just eat potato chips. Usually, people usually say, I can't wait to get better so that I could go bicycling, I could go visit Aunt Martha, I could go golfing, I could go look at the beach, I could go to Big Bear, right? Oh, I could go to church. I hear that a lot. Pastor, I just wish my body could cooperate. I'd love to go see all my friends and worship God again. And so nobody has a healthy body, so they could just say, I can't wait to get better. So I could do absolutely nothing. Usually there's something. It's not everybody, but most of us. And in the first Corinthian, in the Corinthian church, Paul is writing to a church that's divided. They're fighting over my gift is better than your gift. I could speak in tongue. Oh, yeah? I could prophesy. And Paul is like, what are you guys talking about? We're one church. And so he's bringing this idea of unity. And we've heard this text before. But I read it through a different lens as I thought about the kingdom of God. That God didn't save us to just be saved and go to heaven. But God saved us for something. So, for example, in Ephesians uh, I'll read it early right now. Um, in Ephesians, uh, Paul says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. And then he says this in the next verse. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus. Could you repeat these four words with me? To do good works. I'm going to read that again. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus. We've been brought into the kingdom through Christ. We've been saved through faith in Jesus Christ. This is a gift for what? So, I mean, let's get real here. What does that mean? It means we come to church and we get blessed and we make sure we get blessed every Sunday. Is that what it means? We come to church so that they better play the song I like, the pastor better not go long, and I better hear what I want to hear. And we realize we've been saved and brought into the body of Christ for what? To do good works. Now, what is the good works? It is kingdom of God building. It is bringing in Jesus Christ into the world, whether they realize or not that God is reigning and he loves us. So, I thought about this text, and I realized it's more than unity. So that's the sub-theme of today's message. There's three things in this text. It's not just get along, because that's kind of boring. If a church just gets along, are we there yet? Man, we have a great church. You know what? Why? What's going on in La Mirada Church? We don't fight. That's good. I mean, that's not a bad thing. But where would that go on the priority list? What is your church known for? You know, the best thing. We don't fight. That's good, but I hope there's more. It's, it should be on the list. By the way, if you don't have that on the list at all, you got issues. We're, we're the Corinthian church. But it should be we don't fight, but I hope there's a lot before it. We do God's kingdom building work. And I love the church to say, amen. So we are sent to go. So I wanted to say, uh, the first, there's three things I want to say, share from this text. More than unity, the first, there's this identity he's bringing. More than just get along, he's like, remember who you are. Remember Lion King? Simba runs away. It's a true story. Simba the lion runs away, and then Rafiki comes, and he's like, slaps him on the head and shows him his father, and Simba sees an image of his dad, and you know what his dad 
Mufasa says. Simba, you forgot who you are. And then he says, remember who you are. What is he saying there? You're not just living and existing. You are brought into Christ. You have an identity. Live out into that identity. Paul says in verse 12, 13, Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. You weren't brought together to be Presbyterians. I'm sorry, that's not our goal. We were brought together as Presbyterians. We're brought into Christ. We're brought together as Presbyterians, but we're brought together in Christ. Because there's Baptists out there. There's Methodists out there. And we're like, but that's not what we're about. We're about Christ. There is his identity. Verse 27, he repeats it again. Now you are the body of Christ. Don't forget who you are. You're not just a Christian attending church once a week. You are made alive and brought into a living body. You are no longer part of this world. And so each of you is part of it. And so the idea here is we're not just to build a church. We're to be a community gathering. And I shared this with you a few weeks ago. Um, the word church is only in the Bible. You know how many times? The word church, original church, is two times. And the reason why they put, they, they use the word instead of ecclesia, which is what Jesus used, which is a gathering of people. In the 16th century, they changed the word to be this institutional church. And so it messed up the whole couple churches for a couple centuries because it makes us think our identity is tied to a building. Who are you? I'm a I go to that church. But what if our identity was this? Who are you? I'm a member of the body of Christ, universal. And all over the world right now, my brothers and sisters are worshiping the same God. There was this identity and unity. Um, I found out, this is a true story. In the 1960s, you know how today people marry and they go, Mom, I think I found the one. I found the guy I'm supposed to marry. And then what do parents usually ask? What, what do they ask? What does he do? Does he go to church? What's his family? In 1960s, you know what they asked? <clears throat> Is he Presbyterian? No kidding. 1960s, mom, I found the one. Christian was a given. You better not bring anyone but a Christian. But they actually said, Is he a Presbyterian? Close, he's a he's Episcopalian. What? We need to have a talk. Boil the coffee. And so Jesus is saying your identity is tied not to a denomination, but ultimately Paul is saying it's tied to Jesus Christ. Can you just, just humor me? I belong to Christ. Just, I mean, just church. If you're a church, come on, let's say this with proud. I don't know. If you're a church, say, I belong to Christ. Yes. I love that. I, be, I don't belong to myself. I don't belong to this world. I, I, I kind of give myself to my wife because I'm supposed to. We give each, but ultimately, I give myself to Christ. I belong to Christ. And so we are part of this incredible body. And that is why it hurts so much when we fight each other in church. Did you hate that growing up, your mom and dad fighting? I, I, raised my, I saw my mom and dad fight in a period of five years, every single day. It was the scariest thing. I was in middle school, 
until high school. And one day I was fed up and I dropped my books. I said, I am sick of you fighting. And then they went, whoa. And there's, for a child, there's nothing scarier or uglier than mom and dad just going at it at each other. Why? Because we're a family. Because we're one. And so Paul is saying, you know how ugly that is? When the people who are parts of one body fight each other as if they're better than others. Our identity is not to a local church. Our identity is in Christ. And so Paul is saying that. Uh, Erwin McManus is a pastor I love. He's in Hollywood. And he says something really profound. And this is, I just want to share with you regarding this point, and I'll move on. The reason God gives us the Bible is to know, him, know God, right? And Erwin McManus, he adds to that. However, that's not the only reason. He says the reason God gives us the Bible is so we can know ourselves. You can't fully know who you are. But God is going to reveal to us, the one who created us, who we really are. It's not just to know about God. The Bible reveals to you and I who we are. And in this section, we recognize I am part of the body of Christ. Wow. Young or old, black, brown, yellow, pink, purple, blue, in Christ, we belong to him. So more than unity, what's the second thing? There's a purpose. There's a purpose to this um, uh, one of my favorite movies is Braveheart, and there's a line in that movie, and how many of you like Braveheart? Whoa, I, wow, that's, let's watch it, come on over to my house, and there's a line in there, and then, and then he's in prison, and then his, his, you know, lover comes, and then he's about to die, and so he says, and she's like, but you're gonna die, and then he says this, <clears throat> every man dies. Not every man really lives. Is that good? That's pretty good. Every man dies, but not every man really lives. One more time. Every man dies. Oh, you don't have to repeat. You guys are, well, you guys are too anxious. But not every man really lives. And I, we went to, I was at a gravesite yesterday, and I shared this with everybody. Are we surprised that someone died? We shouldn't be. No one goes, oh my goodness, he didn't live to 300? No one, notice, no one gets surprised when someone dies. They get surprised about how they died. They get surprised about how early they died. But no one's going to go, he died? He's supposed to be immortal. We know we're going to die. The question is not, are we going to die? The question is, how are you going to live? What is your purpose? Every man dies, but not every man really lives. And so Paul is saying, you were brought together for unity in the body of Christ just so we could say kumbaya? I don't want to go to that church. I don't need that religion. I want to kumbaya with 18 holes in golf. My brothers. But Paul is saying, you were created for a purpose. In Ephesians 2.10 again, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus for what? To do good works. There's a reason why God has saved us. And it, can you say this word with me? It's called this word, Missio Dei. Can you say that with me? Missio Dei. And it simply means this. When you are in the body of Christ, you have signed on for Christ's agenda. It is the mission of God unfolding in this world. Tell me, say yes or no. 
Is it God's will for sex trafficking to exist in this world? Yes or no? Is it God's will for people to die for lack of clean water? Is it God's will for people to die without Christ and to be eternally lost? Is it God's will for, for children to be abused? Is it God's will for thousands of people to be just incarcerated and that's the way it is, you, you pay the price? Is that God's will for people to, to sin and be incarcerated and to just destroy other people's lives? So what does it look like to be the church that brings salt and light, to bring the mission of God to this community? Now, you don't have to go to Africa. Okay, I'll give you that. But at least start with the local step of what is God calling our church to do in La Mirada? Instead of asking, what am I getting out of church? Ask, what is God doing in this community that I have a burden for? You were created for a purpose. And the unity is not the purpose and the ends of the church. It is the means and the way the church acts together. How many of you, just, I just like to do a sample poll. Raise your hand if you think music is one of your stronger gifts. Music? Elvin, you? Um, <laughs> art? Art? Reading? Uh, prayer? Hospitality? Teaching, building, repairing. Oh, this is where the guys start going like, yeah, keep on going, baby. Uh, welcoming. How about, how about just greeting people in the street? Generosity. You see, do you notice something? Not everybody raised their hand for everything, but you might have raised your hand at least once in that just few list. This is a power of unity for the purpose of Missio Dei. God has called our church together so you can be part of it. This is why when you say, I'm an eye, I'm, not, you know, I'm an ear, I can't be like the eye, I don't, they don't need me, Paul is saying, wrong, you're needed, even if it's a small thing. Did you ever hear the joke about the fingers? So there's five fingers, they're trying to fight to see who's the best. Thumb's like, yo, I'm the best because without me, you can't grab things. I'm the opposable thumb. This guy's like, I point, everyone watches me. The middle finger's, set, no. middle finger's like, I'm the tallest. The ring finger says, like, when I get married, this is where the ring goes on. And the pinky's like, what am I going to say? What am I going to say? And the pinky said, I am the most important. Because when you have to pick your nose, I'm the only one that could go inside. So I'll leave you with that thought. But we'll leave you, but unity with a purpose. And so one of the ideas here is, I'm not even talking about church locally, but I want to talk about La Mirada. I thought about this text as a local church for years, like, you know, hey, John, Jason, Marilyn, let's be the church. But then I just expanded my view. I realized, oh my goodness, I'm so embarrassed to not say this. We have Calvary Orthodox Presbyterian Church, Grace E.V. Free. We have Redeemer Church. We have a Lutheran Church and a Nazarene Church. These are all my friends. We have a Foursquare Church. They all love Christ. And we asked ourselves, what can we do together that we can't do alone that could usher in God's kingdom? And so we started partnering, praying, and serving together. And we started praying for the mayor, praying for the council, because if this church were to do a food bank, it would be so much energy. But can I tell you something? Grace EV Free has started a food bank. Why not volunteer two hours of your time and go help out that church doing a great work for God's kingdom? 
and wear your Presbyterian church shirt. But the point is, could we collaborate together for a common purpose? Because we're one. Not to be one, but because we're one. Lastly, unity for a function. Um, these giftings, if you notice Paul's gifts, apostle, teaching, preaching, hospitality, all these things, these are gifts not just to be used within for ourselves, but these are what? Out there. What do apostles do? They go out. We don't say we have a great apostle, we're a good church. We say we are apostles, therefore we go out. There's a function here. Apostles to witness to an unbelieving world. Prophets declaring God's truth. Teachers equipping young people to stand up for Christ, rise up and go. And so people are confident and they could go. Helping members of the church. And so this is how God's love is exhibited through the function of the church. So I want to ask you guys, do you have an exercise machine at home that you don't use for the past 10 years? Come on, if you ever did that in your life once, just, just raise your hand. Can we, let's confess. You know, Thigh Master or, or, or P90X or it's just sitting there collecting dust. And I realized, is it good enough to buy a membership to 24-hour fitness? Does that, No. Is it good enough to buy an exercise bike and let it sit there? See, you bought those for a purpose, with a function to use. And so you were redeemed by the blood of Christ with a purpose and with a function to use. And so I want to land this plane by just say, asking you three questions. And you could discuss it in life group. You could just meditate on it. But Paul is saying, we're not just called to unity because Christ is great. We're called to unity because we have an identity that's bigger than anything that this world could call us. We have a purpose that's bigger than your life. God is calling us to his mission, the Missio Dei. And we have an, a, per, a function to use all that God has given us. And so individually, I want to ask you this question. Do you know you matter to God's kingdom? Do you know that you particularly matter? You are essential to the kingdom of God. And he redeemed you, not just to save you from hell, but to use you for a purpose in this world. And so you know how you know your role? I want to ask you this question. What burdens your heart? What burdens your heart? And the saddest thing somebody once said was, Pastor, you know what burdens my heart? That I have no burden in my heart for other people. Well, start praying. What burdens your heart? Congregationally, what is it that CPCLM has and does well that we can continue to do to build the kingdom of God? We are not Saddleback Church. I kind of finally conceded. Some of you are going, yep, about time, Jason. But what is it that we do do well that could contribute to the kingdom of God as an ear? And lastly, locally in La Mirada, what can the local churches do together for the kingdom of God that we can't do alone? And we don't have to manufacture every program. That's dumb. But what can we do together? And so this is the kingdom of God. And God has saved and redeemed and given his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross. So we could say, by your grace and your gift, I've been saved. For what? And as Mayor Steve DeRue said, to go. 
to bless, to sacrifice. Not when you have the time, but to say, God, your priority, your work takes time. You first. Use me. And see how God is going to use you. And as a church, see how we come together for his purpose. Amen? Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you so much for bringing us together. We thank you, God, for this few weeks that we could focus on this reality that you didn't die so that we could have a nice, comfortable place to go to worship and be blessed once a week. You didn't die so we could merely avoid hell. You didn't die so we could focus on our careers and just our comforts and and our pleasures and our weekly vacations. You died because you're at work all over the world and you've invited us to it. God, help us to take our eyes off of our agendas and, and just continue to see what you're doing in this world. Help us to recognize the burdens that you've placed in each of us and not to ignore them anymore, but to say, God, just one, just one burden. How can I address it? And help us to recognize as a church, we don't want to just exist for 20 more years, but we want to impact this world in the name of Jesus Christ, in his redeeming power and his good news of that he brings to a world that is broken in sin. Activate us, God. Stir our souls deep and be glorified. And we pray the prayer as you taught us as we say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.